0: And welcome to another episode of The Point of More Returns. I'm your gracious co-host, Amassed Investor. and With me, we have Welfare. Welfare, how has the new year been treating you so far?
1: Oh, man, it's been it's been exciting. It's, it's going to be a good year. It's been a good month thus far. We look forward to a really great episode. And being my co-host over this time, it's, like, it's really going by fast. And um, I just appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to it. A great conversation and a great year with the pot, man.
0: Yes, same sentiments to you as well, Ben. It's been quite a ride and looking forward to seeing what we continue to build. Yes, indeed. And so for this episode, I'm sure you have probably seen a few of the end of the year videos and predictions for 2024. And so we thought we'd be amiss if we didn't kind of fill in around the edges for what the market's been missing. And so just had a few things on our minds that we wanted to discuss that we saw at the end of 2023, and then also our thoughts on how to maneuver with 2024. And I guess kind of want to start off here, I just want to unpack a report that I saw on BizBuySell. They have an annual insight report where they talk about the trends and what happened in 2023. And one of the things that we're started off is just, I'm sure a lot of you in this space may have recognized that 2022 and 2023 were very kind of similar in years in terms of deal volume. You had around 9,000 businesses changing cans in both years with enterprise values of about 6.5 billion in both years. And so interestingly, there was a U-shaped pattern that kind of happened, mirroring the Federal Reserve's historic interest rates, and what this kind of mean for buyers going into the new year, just thought this would be interesting. There was an expert, Ken Bohenik, and he said in this market, savvy buyers are focusing on the return on investment and can potentially find great opportunities, especially amidst rate fluctuations. And so the kind of story here is just the resilience around even in a market environment that was going up, right? I mean, you got to think about how many rate cuts we had in 2022. And I mean, rate rises in 2022, 2023 compared to 2022. So that in itself presented some special challenges for dealmakers and for the year to essentially still be up just around flat, I think is a testament to the resiliency of the market and what's going on. I mean, I can't imagine maybe the deals would have been a lot more vibrant if the rates had kind of stayed the same price. But despite all that, as a result, there was some shakeout that occurred that wasn't without a hitch, right? And one of the biggest hitches is that buyers and sellers really couldn't agree on prices very much, right? A lot of prices... Or deals were canceled because buyers couldn't come around to pricing from what I see here in the report. For instance, we have a instance where one of the business brokers was mentioning that if you could get around ten percent, you know maybe you could get the edges you could get to the deal. But the deals that were like thirty percent or greater off in the price, they just weren't matching up. And a lot of the dislocation, is a result of stock market activity. You saw the S&P and the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones continue to rise. And so as a result, buyers naturally, sellers naturally just thought that, hey, you know, if the public markets are rising valuations, then my business valuation should also be falling in lockstep. And that just necessarily wasn't the case. I mean, you got a dislocation because people are using different financing to get these businesses as a result you know, debt's a little bit more expensive. And so prices as a result would, would have to come down. So I, I look at that maybe more so on the broker, uh, just not doing a good job in, adver- in educating their clients on the environment and tempering those expectations. And so a lot of buyers, sellers ended up pulling their businesses off the market. And as a result, maybe they'll come back and, and revisit here in 2024. Another thing I wanted to highlight is that manufacturing businesses were, they just saw remarkable growth in the market. You saw a lot of manufacturing businesses that were picking up and going for sale. A lot of the deals, it seemed to be one of the hottest sectors that of all the industries, it just kind of printed that way. And I think a lot of that you'll, yeah, if you're an avid listener of the show, It came about because of tax incentives. Uh, Well, one from you know after the pandemic, people they didn't really want to have their supply chain disrupted, and so they started looking at local manufacturers to try to get product and supply back in the shelf. But another thing, if you're a long-term listener, as I mentioned, tax incentives via the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, and also the Inflation Reduction Act, which we talked about early last year, is in that right welfare. Well, fair. You're still with me? Well, another trend that we saw is that restaurants were continuing steady post-pandemic rebound and expansion. Multiples there rose in 2021 from 65 to 9% in 2022, and then they dipped 4%. In 2023, but overall median revenue's grown 12%. So people are looking at restaurants, they're doing well. And the service sector, however, is starting to show signs of weakness as it declined 6% in 2023 and deal making activity actually dropped 13% for service businesses. So if you're looking for, if you're one of those contrarian kind of investors and looking for deals that may be looking at the service sector, maybe the place to look at if you can really buckle down and find a good deal at a price and really understand that particular business and can grow it or maybe find some area that you can uh, help them in where they weren't necessarily able to to take advantage of of the weakness in the market. But another thing I wanted to touch on is deal multiples we saw here that they said that deal multiples on average they went from 2.49 uh to actually I mean 2.53 to 2.49 so for those people when you're looking at businesses and you see those five times six times crazy multiples just know that those are slight well not slightly away out of line with multiples that were actually closing you're seeing more in line with 2.49. I expect that maybe to rise a little bit in this year when when the debt comes down with rates coming down but all in all it's looking like a pretty good year for 2024 for deal making. Just want to turn over take a break here and and talk about the real estate market a little bit. What are you seeing over there, welfare?
1: Hey, thanks for that like great detailed explanation of what you what you see going on in like private equity, SMB I did have a couple of questions before we dive into to real estate just for the listeners. So you're saying that essentially valuations and multiples were too high in 23, but you feel like potentially they'll get back to a little bit more realistic valuation and that will increase deal flow. Is that what you're saying?
0: Oh, no. So sorry about that. If that was confusing, what I meant to say is that in 2022, the average deal multiple was about 2.53 times cash flow, right? And in 2023, that actually declined 2.9% uh, 2. to 2.49. And so the multiple was lower as a off of cash flow. And so overall, that would affect the impact deal value. So overall, deal values would decline and lockstep with that. But I expect in 2024... That should probably pick up if, especially if rates come down, it just, you know, with more stronger businesses that come to market, you would expect the multiples to come up as
1: well. I got you. Okay. So it's an inverse relationship with the multiples and the interest rates. I just wanted it's probably me. I just wanted to make sure I cleared it up, make sure I understood it before we went, we went ahead, but thank you for that. Yeah, sure thing. I appreciate that and uh, yeah I had some technical difficulties on buying but speaking of the real estate stuff man I um it I'm, I'm always I'm a, I'm a student of the game first right so I'm always interested to see what what happens next so to speak like get your popcorn ready as they always say we're just in really interesting times in terms of like it's almost unprecedented unprecedented in terms of like we're still dealing with the ramifications of uh, COVID and like the economy is it's really hard to like tell where we're going like rates. So 2023 there were a lot of conversations around well that there were like rate increases for 23, right? We're trying to deal with like the hyperinflation activity of 21, 22 and so we had rate increases. So that closer to the end of 2023 a lot of the financial media a lot of the business media they were reporting that they anticipated that interest rates would be cut by the Fed at least I think four interest rate cuts towards the end of 2024. so the mass investor and I we were speaking before the pod and it sounds like I guess due to some type of like new or more recent economic indicators that maybe it won't necessarily be for rate cuts or maybe the cuts aren't as significant as the street was expecting so that could be in terms of the interest rate like uncertainty that's definitely something to be mindful and look out for like if, if you were an investor or just really anyone looking to get into a home like you're anticipating like these rate cuts they may or may not happen at the times that you are looking so I would just really hone in and focus on like if you find the properties that you like or if the deal still works with the rates at whatever time you're looking, then don't necessarily be as gunshot or like pull pull on the deal because we don't know where rates are going. And like if someone tells you that they do, then they they're not they're not being like honest or they're just guessing like the rest of us because nobody like fully knows where the rates are going. But I've seen with my deal, like I've been, I was in a couple of deals towards the end of the year that ended up blowing up for like various reasons, but the rates were, I'm in a deal now that's supposed to, to close in the next like couple of days or so. And these rates are better than the rates I was getting in October, November, December. So we'll see like a couple of bits, like basis points, like any Anything helps, like it'll improve your deal, but I'm very curious to see what happens with, with these interest rates. So if you're a real estate investor or you're on the real estate side, like the interest rate is always an assumption or input that goes into your um, forecast that like the financials. And if, it, if it comes down to the interest rates, if your deal works or doesn't work, probably not a good enough deal, but it's still something, it's, it's still an indicator that you need to pay very close attention to. But just temper the, this information with this is knowing that you don't have the rate forever. Like you can always refive. There's an environment where rates are, are a little bit more conducive for you, but you don't necessarily wanna lock in with the crazy rate either. I can't, I can't advise you to do that. So just be in mind of that. So that's, that's rates. Like before I jump in and talk about some of the other items I have for real estate, do you have any like comments, questions about the rate? portion.
0: Yeah. So you were talking about not locking in rates if it's going to be something crazy. You always hear those phrases where it say, date the rate, marry the house, or those other slogans with that. How does that translate to you as an investor? Is that something that carries over or as you approach, or would you just say it's bunk and
1: just marketing jargon used <laughs> to try to sell? Amazing, amazing question. You just basically gave me an alley So the whole, the adage in real estate is like date, date the rate, you know, married property. I haven't, I'm fairly conservative with the way that I like go about my purchasing properties, but I see a lot of investors kind of operate in like, a little bit more freely like i don't want to say they're flying by a seat of their pants but they're a lot more free in terms of like just get the deal and then deal with like the fallout of it later and for me that's what that sort of feels like but i think the underlying theme of like what that whole adage is is just, like hey realize like the rate is even though it may be a fixed 30 year it may or may not last like unless you have like amazing rate like some people got locked in in twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one, maybe even like two percent, three percent rates. Like yeah, you probably should hold on to those as best you can. Now if there's a situation where you just have to get out of it, then yes. But those are amazing rates. So I don't <laughs> knock on wood, but I don't know if rates are gonna be like that favorable anytime soon. But the rates that low, that's you wanna you wanna hold on to that for a while. But you know you just we don't know what environment you know. We, we were saying a couple months ago, five, six, seven, eight was a crazy rate, and then they started creeping up. It's like, well, hey, this thing could go to ten. Like it could go to twelve. It could go to fifteen. And then if you're looking at a fifteen percent rate, then five or six, yeah, you're gonna trade that like immediately, as soon as you can. But since nobody fully knows, it's just really hard to say. So it's like, just be cautious, tread lightly. Try to be as vigilant as possible, but at the end of the day, it's like no one really knows. So you can't can't just not have deal flow. Like you have to be pursuing deals, but that that quote is like a double-edged sword, in my opinion. Like you have to, just like everything else, it's like use with reason. So in in terms of like the other things I'm expecting for 2024, with what what I'm anticipating, we've talked about this in, in other episodes of the pod, but increased competition, it's going to continue to be a trend. Real estate is just very attractive for me. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to go into real estate. It's a it is what it is type of business. It's it's not a lot of frills. It's a straightforward business, and in my mind it's only a handful of assumptions you need to know if it's going to like be a good deal or a bad deal and then you can get in a deals and get out of deals fairly simple because you'll have like a, a individualized like asset within a portfolio so if one deal is bad that doesn't mean your whole portfolio is bad it just means that particular deal is bad so there are various reasons why like i was attracted to real estate for that reason which is why i believe it'll continue to be competition in the space and that kind of leads it to this discussion which we also talked about off the pod which i'm very curious to see but we've been talking about this really since the inception of like point of more returns where just the influx of hedge funds and private equity coming into residential real estate we know like it's potentially a problem for like a mom pod investor or you know a person just looking to get a single family residents for, for their families. And it's just stiff competition. Like it's kind of hard to go against ABC capital or what have you. They just have, they just have more favorable purchasing power. So I say all that to say there's potentially, well, there's a bill that's been proposed. I think it got proposed towards the, in December of 2023, like the end of the year. It's called the in Hedge Fund Control of American Homes Act. It's a bill that got proposed and hasn't passed, but, and I don't even know if it'll be passed in 2024 necessarily, but the fact that there have been proposals for this particular issue in the market, I think, I don't think it's going to necessarily go away. And I think we're going to continue to see conversations around this bill and whether or not hedge funds and like institutional investors should have access to residential real estate. So that's definitely something else to pay attention to. I know, I know we talked about this off the pod earlier this week, but I think it's David David Rubenstein raised like $400 million for like a real estate fund. And yeah. so more and more like institutional investors are clamoring towards real estate. So we'll just see what happens. But those are definitely the main areas and I, I'm being vigilant and I'm trying to think about like how I'm building out my business for 2024 and what has worked well and what hasn't. It always just comes back to doing like the due diligence and making sure you're capitalized the best that you can. Just just trying to, trying to have the most information as possible. Like I know it's hard to go up against like the larger firms, but just trying to pick your spots where you feel like you have some type of competitive edge or competitive advantage. So it's going to be more of that for the people that, that find ways to win in 2024. And, and I think that like goes across the years. It's not specific to 2024, but just trying to figure out where you can pick your spots, man. So that's, that's what I'm seeing with real estate.
0: Understood. Picking your spots. And speaking of which, I, I wanted to touch on one point here with the market for twenty twenty-four as a buyer. One thing that wanted to touch on is that you're gonna probably have to, as you Charles was saying, structure your deals creatively when addressing a purchase here in 2024. And the reason why is because, as he mentioned, there's a looming threat with rates needing to be cut and typically when you're in a rate cutting environment, you're in an environment of declining economic activity, which you and I know typically is classified as a recession, right? And so if you're buying a business in the face of a recession and you're layering on debt or you're buying a house and you're layering on debt, you're going to have to be a little bit more careful in picking the right asset, and then especially in making sure that the deal that you have in place doesn't get torpedoed in face of declining revenues or an increasing cost structure or a combination of both. And so one of the things I wanted to kind of share with you guys and just highlight is that 43% of brokers are now saying that we're in a buyer's market. And so what that means is that they are seeing it where, you know, people aren't, are sitting on the sideline. And as a result, I I think it's just because people see it, that a recession is coming and they, you know, don't want to be cut out when the tide goes back without a raft. Right. And so you just kind of sit on the sidelines until you get a little bit visibility. But for those who, you know, want to continue to forge ahead or, you know, is realize that this is a great opportunity to buy. Another thing to pay attention to is that 27% of owners say that they're willing to offer seller financing. And on the flip side of that, only 30% of buyers say it's very important that they get seller financing. So we have a disconnect of about 3%. And in addition to that, there's another 26% that say it's extremely important. So 56% of buyers say, Seller financing is important while 27% say they're willing to offer and 45% saying they're not going to offer it at all. You got a 20, 28% that's unsure. So 28 plus 27, I mean, that's like 53% of the market versus 56%. So there's still a disconnect there. So I think you know that's probably where you're going to see some movement there and where you're probably going to find the most flexibility in structuring your deal is the amount of seller financing that's willing to be offered and that's going to need to be offered in order for the deal to close. And that's if you get their own price. So you got two things that are going to have to be paid attention to when going into these deals. As you've probably seen, if you're shopping, these multiples on some of them just because of the brokers are pretty wild. I mean, you're seeing four or five times. So you're already going to have to have a conversation about pricing. And then on top of that, you got a conversation about the seller financing that you're going to have to manage. So just be aware, aware of that as you move forward in this market and adjust accordingly. But hey, can, you,
1: uh, can, can I jump in really quick? Can you yeah, sure briefly like explain what the seller financing is and how it works and why it's so important in this market?
0: Yeah. So typically with seller financing, you want to have a seller have some skin in the game on the business. And the reason for that is you want to know that they realize that they believe in it. Uh, that as soon as you buy it, it's not going to blow up <laughs> in your hands. And two, it, it ties them to you seeing that you're successful in it. So you're going to have a strong turnover. They're going to make sure you know how to operate and run it because they want to get the rest of their money. And so those are kind of insurance policies. And then three, just to fill out the the capital structure, you know, equity, your equity is going to be the most expensive piece. Then you're going to get some seller, some SBA financing, but that seller financing, normally you can get it for a rate cheaper than you can from the SBA. And so it, it's going to be some of your least expensive capital that you put on there, depending upon what you can negotiate with that seller. But that kind of rounds out the the capital structure for, for your business.
1: Got it. Yeah. Thanks mm-hmm. for
0: that. Yeah, sure thing. And lastly, for 2024, just to touch on two other things like retail businesses. I, I've been looking at a lot of retail businesses. I'm sure some of you guys are looking at either starting e-com or maybe acquiring one. Um, the the financials, I'm sure you, if you've been looking at retail, they had a great you know, holiday season. But overall... They've been having declining quarters for revenue. Retail is going through a transformation, especially with AI. So that's just something to pay attention to. You'll want to be pretty mindful or pretty intentional as you move about. Median revenue fell 12% in 2023. Cash flow fell 3% from the previous year. So just something to be mindful of. If you're looking at 2024, is probably going to be more of the same with the recession and higher rates environment. Lastly, they expect more businesses to come to market, so that's good. Seventy-five percent of brokers are expecting more owners to start selling their businesses. I what I think so as well. You just, you're, I saw a stat the other day. I think it's like a thousand baby boomers are retiring each week, and as a result, a good chunk of that is business owners. And so just as a result, you expect to see more deal flow coming to the market as they they can only hold on for so long. So just expect that. So overall, 2024 has some, I think, you know, some good trends in it. There are some headwinds. All deals can be off due to the Fed. All bets could be off, but expect kind of a slow and steady year for 2024. So any final thoughts, welfare or?
1: Yeah, thanks for that. No, I mean, I think you articulated everything very well. I'll just say, um, you know, it's the beginning of the of the year, and we talked about, like, going nuclear around this time last year. I definitely will be applying that same methodology for myself. I was able to have some big wins. I also had some challenges for 2023, and I look forward to, like, taking my learnings and my findings and just applying it and continuing to come pod and share it everything that we're learning with you all so we appreciate you all listening and let's just go have a a great year
0: yes indeed yes indeed all right